libido side of pressing photographs and memory laning bribery for both mothers quitting jobs of grieving lovers scented candles drunken pig old man dying in his bed talking about mistresses no one knows where hilda is we didn't start the fire it was actually a faulty television we didn't start the fire i'm still not quite I'm still not quite sure what was up with that fire. Vince knows how to get a shoe in. Justin gets what's coming to in Lily and stands by her man, even though she hates his plan. Join network, join networks with village pets. Hippie dating local vet. Worker trips on unsafe road. I don't care because she blows. Gay couple get baby. Name him after Bulgarian lady. Oh, we didn't start the fire. It was actually a faulty television. We, we didn't start the fire. People still seem bothered by that fire. <laughs> Sorry, I'm scrolling down the lyrics as we go. Freddy proves himself to Chef. Village finds itself bereft. Brian recalls Joe's hot take. Jim is playing at his wake. Sexist Anton comes to town. Lily turns Manchester down. Elizabeth is doing well. Joy has climbed it straight from hell. We didn't start the fire. It was actually a faulty television. We didn't start the fire. It was actually Grace who started the fire. We didn't start the fire. It was necessary for the ritual. We didn't start the fire. Oh my god, Grace didn't die in that fire. We didn't start the fire. Grace has come back to burn the village. We didn't start the fire. Fire. Grace Febrother is the new Ghost Rider. I feel like I could have played that better, but I did play it with good energy. <laughs> A lot has happened on the Archers <laughs> That's... in the past. Wow. How many of those did you actually like take in? Absolutely none. Hello, welcome to Ambridge to Nowhere, uh, a recap podcast with very little recap. I'm Alex Horn, uh, and I'm not even sure what's going on this week. Hi, I'm a vill full of whores. <laughs> what? I'll be funny in a minute. So- <laughs> I promise. I'm also Ray, or so I've been told. Some call you Ray. Some call me Ray. Um, also in the studio <laughs> this week is our producer and editor, Janet Lala Hamlin. Hi, I'm Janet. I cut things when you say them wrong. That's a lot. Yeah, I have many scars. <laughs> <laughs> These shows are only actually ten minutes long, but record for eight hours. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, a lot has happened. Yeah. Since we last recorded, which was only yeah. just over a month ago. Two new characters. Two new characters. Wow. I didn't yeah. pick that up from the song. Yeah. I didn't pick up a lot from the song, I'll be well, honest. I mentioned two new people, which is Vince and Joy. I just assume when you say people names yes. that they're people we've already talked about three times yes, and yes, I've yes, forgotten yes, who yes, they yes. are I anyway. Did. But I said their names in the song. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to do Joy first. Okay, tell us about 
do, do we have any shit list updates <sighs> first? Oh, Tony Archer. Tony. Tony Archer. Tony. <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> Tony Archer said, quote, it would be better if Hilda stayed lost. Hilda went lost for a bit. Got lost. Who Who is Hilda? Hilda Ogden. Oh, wait, the cat. Yeah. <gasps> the cat got lost? Yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony. I blame Tony. Yeah. It wasn't Tony's fault. It was, I'm pretty sure Hilda was getting a fuck on. Oh. Yeah. That's Hil- the implication. Hilda-, Hilda just came back, actually. So that's all good. But this is a relation to it. I'm going to tell you who Joy is. Okay. You remember Beechwood is the houses that just got built? Yes. Yes. I think a northern woman? i not good with accents. Her name's Joy Horville. Joy Horville. Oh, you're a vill full of whores. Now I understand the joke. Yep. Her name's Joy Horville, and she's a demon. Wait. Okay. She... So she rocks up into... She's the... a trickster goddess. She's a trickster goddess that rocks up into the town, into the yeah. village, like, Hi, I'm living in the new houses. Yeah. So, um, she is a, co- a comedy-leaning character, and she is... Is that your way of the saying most... the artist tries to be funny sometimes? <laughs> comedy-leaning. Well, the thing That's is... That's what this podcast she is. is. the most annoying woman who has ever, like, been birthed by a dark god into existence. <laughs> um, and her, her, like, powers are evil of such that, um, Peggy Woolly now, like... It's like Clash of Clash of the Witches, Clash of the Wills. <laughs> okay. Peggy is like, this is the worst woman I've ever met. And I'm like, oh, Peggy, arrival. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy, if I remember rightly, is a-, a witch of good. She's neutral. Okay. She's a neutral witch. She seems very chaotic. She. She's ne- chaotic neutral. Yeah, okay. She's like, I'm gonna, like, do terribly manipulative things to my family and not apologize for it because i'm an old lady but also through flapjacks at restaurateurs yeah, and like no that was jill oh jill's okay. like more of like a spitfire old lady and then like peggy's more of like a cackling over a cauldron <laughs> okay the, the traditional yeah weather witch okay like jill is like an old lady who you feel like perhaps actually secretly knows kung fu and then <laughs> And then Peggy, um, Peggy will put you in her oven. <laughs> Peggy is Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. Um, Peggy will put you in her oven. Um, Joy is living next to two characters, um, Kirsty and Philip. Wait, Kirsty and Phil? Oh my god! <laughs> I only just realised that. Wait, Kirsty and Phil live in Ambridge? Yeah. Did they? Are they buying? How? Are they just like? taking people around <laughs> just like Kirstie... the next one is our wild card we oh do have God. a three all i can bedroom... think now is her name is kirsty Olsop. <laughs> you've done this to me kirsty the fuck is her name great it's kirsty and... yes very kirsty and phil have moved to ambridge they're not new they've been here a while is her name kirsty or have i also like did i just say kirsty and philip because of Irregardless, they no, they've always lived in Ambridge, but they moved into Beechwood together. Okay, and because there was, you know, a better yes. property there, and, and they were showing other people around for the TV shows. 
they were showing people around Beechwood, and then they were like, "Wow, you know what? We should just move in here. This Basically, is yeah. this is really nice. Mm-hmm. We should, you know, yeah. It's slightly above our price range, but look at that view. And now we're going to go to uh, some local craftsman who's going to tell us about the history of the village for no reason whatsoever, just to get some B-roll footage for the life that we're going to lead together, Philip. And that's what happened. And now they live in Beechwood. Yeah. And Joy lives next door. Yeah, Joy lives next door. She, you know, sort of proficiencies Joy has. Um, intruding upon village life. Oh, Joy, <laughs> Joy, um, like, won the Flower and Produce show. As a new character? Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. Colorful. I was like... I was dying with happiness. It was such a coup. <laughs> I, I'm, the Fire and Produce show is my favourite thing. Like, Ever. In, on the in the, Does it happen the every year? It happens every year. So it's just a thing that they throw in. Yes. To yes, be yes, like, yes. oh, here we go. And the big thing with the Fire and Produce show this year was that Jill Archer was judging. Mm-hmm. And Jenny was... Jenny was going to bake a vegan cake. And was getting <laughs> was getting Kate's help to like because Kate's a vegan, mm-hmm. and then Kate was like, "Wow, maybe I should enter." And Jenny was like, "Dad, good for you." And Kate says it would really promote my business. And Jenny's like, "Yeah, great, go go for it." And Kate says, "And you know, if you didn't enter, there would really." be no competition for me <laughs> i would win and jenny goes okay because i love you my daughter and then kate still loses because kirsty enters <laughs> and yeah kate's just the the show hates kate oh uh, i was she ever on our shit list i think she was at kate's some on point. our shit list yeah so we don't like her either no. So, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Joy won the whole show. That was a whole... Yeah, that that plot I didn't really care about. It's not even in my song. The, the other big thing that happened with the Flower and Produce show is that I think Ian was supposed to be judging as well, but then he had to dip out last minute because his baby was born. Which is one of the only bits that I actually remember from the song. Yeah. His baby was born and they've named the baby... After the surrogate mother, who's Lexi who's like my favorite character who's not so she's i guess what you would call like a guest character okay she back in the day was um a farm worker for the aldridges mm-hmm. who worked as a strawberry picker for them in the summer and then like built friendships with people in the village and like stayed longer working um and was dating roy um, who we talked about before a little, who works at Grey Gables. It was an interesting plot because um, they like set it up beforehand about a, two weeks before it. They were talking about how Roy had voted leave and Brexit. Mm-hmm. And it was partly because of an immigration angle. Not in like a... not Not as in... Roy doesn't like immigrants, but Roy had bought into the whole thing of we need to sort of protect people's jobs in this country. Right. And then he started dating an immigrant, an immigrant worker. worker. Okay. 
so and they never lampshaded it beyond that but it was a thing and i still think about it quite a lot because it was this weirdly more political thing than they did and they bonded over their love of stephen king and i was well (laughs) i thought well if you're gonna bond over crap taste then more for you (laughs) i was i mean you said it (laughs) (laughs) i said it so you didn't have to yeah (laughs) um do you like stephen king janet i like stephen king it's okay it's good for you yeah that's fine i really like misery (laughs) i just think stephen king has written too many books he has written a lot i think about a lot of a lot of authors have written too many books (laughs) give the rest of us a chance yeah come on save some books for the rest of us (laughs) yeah that's how it works right yeah there's only so many pages of books per year uh looping back around to joy though um the big joy's an interesting figure because they clearly created her to be a point of comic relief when the show has recently been so depressing mm-hmm. um but she's making me more depressed by looping around to being terrible oh they try this a lot i was actually talking about it with my mum because i'm living with my parents again so i can talk about my mum with the archers i'm gonna talk about the archers, the archers with my with mom your even mom. <laughs> i can talk about the archers with my mum and she was like yeah they do this a lot they try and be really weird and funny for like a a month and no one knows why and then we all forget it ever happened blissfully (laughs) when it stops yeah i feel like they do it in october every year i think they halloween month conspiracy theory yeah what happens what around like it on because what do people do on halloween no what what oh. you've got like october and then november is like building up to a festive season and then december is like your festive month yeah well they so... do the panto every year but they're not doing a panto this year oh they're doing a i think it's going to be a historical play that they're gonna do at lower loxley because elizabeth confirmed with linda that linda wasn't gonna run a panto or anything this year so elizabeth swooping in to be the cultural touchstone of the area which is just like the rich (laughs) (laughs) what to take over the arts yeah (laughs) and to run a history play elizabeth oh all right um elizabeth is an inherited wealth so is so is is like december all kind of yeah yeah i mean they did canterbury tales last okay there's always some very like family dinner related drama at christmas time i'm trying to i think there was another big thing but the thing last year was um lily's old man boyfriend russ coming to the family christmas dinner and that was the big how to do if you were i love this because you know the archers is a soap opera and every other soap opera at christmas is just like well five people died (laughs) the archers is like an old man came to tea i mean it was a big deal though because there were other people there who would he russ was a teacher at lily school who didn't teach her but was a teacher there yeah but he had taught people who lily is related to who were at the dinner yeah and spent the whole time i think i think it was john no who was doing it josh i think josh spent the whole dinner making it as difficult as possible for Russ, and it was the only time I've ever liked Josh. 
but there wasn't a and wedding he would call or him, a death. He, he kept calling him. He wouldn't call him Russ. He would only call him Mister. What's his surname? He would only talk to him like he was a teacher. It was really weird. <laughs> but what I mean is that no one died. No. Or was left at the altar, or no. you know, got into a horrible car accident, or a. Fucking... Someone died on the arches recently. Oh my god! Was it a natural death? Was it just that the actor retired? It was something we had talked about before, but we cut out of the first episode. Was me telling you that the voice actor for Joe had passed away. Oh, so they right, were yeah. event- I, I was saying they're going to leave a grace period and then they're going to yeah. have the character pass away. Right. And that's happened now. It uh, was very tender. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of related drama. Obviously, things have just been very not good for the Grundies recently. Um, and as much as the death doesn't help, it also, I f- feel like, is a moment where they can all come together and breathe due to their affection for this old man, who is a touchstone of the village. And I was so glad that they actually said it. I think David Archer and... David Archer and Jill were discussing the fact that Joe is the last of the old breed of farmers in the village. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's the last of the... He would Joe would sit in the pub and sort of tell people how farming used to be and tell people ghost stories and that kind of thing. And he's gone now, so that, that aspect of the village is gone. Mm. Uh, the Grundies do traditional cider pressing with... Mm-hmm. Uh, cider apples that they grow themselves and they run the cider club so it's not a legal loophole there's rules about how you can sell alcohol obviously in this country Yes. so instead of them selling this cider that they make they have a cider club where people pay a subscription fee to be in the club and they they make the cider for everyone Mm -hmm. and it's a really big thing for certain people in the village it's this community thing and when they were they were doing some work on the cider press that they have which is probably something it's probably about a hundred years old this cider press right and they broke it um they broke the main shaft valve thing just keep saying words (laughs) sprocket (laughs) Mm. They broke the the machine. The they press broke apples. When you pre- when you do the press, you turn it around. I'm doing a. Mo- Why am I doing a motion? It's a podcast. You you have to obviously sort of. It's a turning mechanism that pushes the thing down, and that's how the press works. And they broke one of the bits of the mechanism inside that lets you turn it. Okay. And the problem was they had no idea how they were going to fix it because no one makes no one makes these cider presses anymore. No one makes parts for them. Yeah, no, they're they're automated. Um, And it was them searching around for ages, wondering if they were going to be able to do the first pressing of the year, which is a big traditional deal. Sure. Um, And then had an idea, ended up going to visit Elizabeth at Lower Loxley, because um, in the museum at Lower Loxley, because it's also a museum, the manor house, Mm -hmm. they have an old cider press. Uh, And at first she said, oh, you this is a piece of our history and I don't think I can let you take it. So then they staged a heist. That would have been really funny. It was a museum heist (laughs) 
and they broke oh into a manor museum and stole a cider I want to say otherwise, but I really did for a small minute when there was... I thought, is this going to be a Grundy heist? Because that would be the best thing ever. They needed they something that. to bring them together as a family. And the, <laughs> and the, the Apple Cider Press <laughs> Museum Manor heist was the thing the Grundys needed at that moment in history. Mm. And the historians will write in the annals that this was the day the Grundys were reborn mm. as one united family <laughs> when Ed Grundy lowered himself down on a trip line wire above a cider press to steal the handle. Stop making me wish this happened instead of what happened. Because I like what happened. Because it was a family moment for both of them. Because Elizabeth, they were walking away and saying, we understand. And then Elizabeth goes, you know what? Fuck it. You can have it. And it was this moment of Elizabeth letting go of. Because Elizabeth's whole deal with Lower Loxy is it isn't really her home genetically. It was Nigel's home, who's the guy who fell off the roof. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Roof yes! man. <laughs> roof man. Um, uh, so there's always been this slight twinge intermixed with her long-term grief that she's never fully confronted up until this point where she's been caretaking his home. Right. And it's, at first off, her saying, I have to preserve what Nigel wanted me to preserve. And then she has this moment where she's like, know what, you know what would be even better if I gave something back to the community? People who have an actual working cider press. So they take the part out of that press mm-hmm. museum and they put it in the new one. And they do the first cider pressing of the year. And it's this and lovely event. Like and shit. everyone's <laughs> No, it tastes amazing. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> They do the first cider pressing of the year. Joe steps away from the party for a bit. And the party winds down. And Ed goes to check on Joe because he left the party early. And Joe has quietly passed away in his bed. Holding a photograph of his wife. I wish I hadn't joked about the heist now. Why? (laughs) It's a very tender moment. Joe would have loved loved the heist. Joe was involved. In the canonical heist that definitely happened. Joe would have been the distraction. (laughs) He's very distracting. He was talking to Elizabeth the whole time, telling stories about how farming used to be. Yeah. It was really nice. That's Yeah, that sounds really sweet, actually. And they did, like... They did almost a whole... So, they don't... Usually, everything in an episode takes place in one day. But sometimes they kind of... Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but sometimes they kind of cheat it a little bit in different ways, and the way they cheated it this time is it turned over to midnight of him, Ed, Joe's son, finding uh, finding him, mm-hmm. and then the next episode was after midnight, and Eddie just did a long, about like seven minute monologue talking to his dad, and it was wow. very fucking affecting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of a show. That's like half of a show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Joe. Other than everything they've said. Because everyone was telling stories about him in this bereavement period. I'm mm. going to tell you some of them because they were wild. There was so much memory laning this month on the Archers of things that made me go, that fucking happened? Um, there was one that I'd sort of known about but didn't really know that David Archer was talking about with Jill about david's dad i don't know what's david's 
dad's name was, but you know. And apparently David's dad had shot Joe's dog back in the day because Joe's dog was worrying David's sheep. No, David's dad's sheep or something. I mean, he might have also been called David. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Joe's dog had been worrying the archer's sheep and someone had shot it and then Joe ran around to Brookfield Farm to basically beat up David's dad. It was real, and they were saying all of this. I don't know how long ago it happened. Anything from thirty years ago to like fifteen years ago, and I was like, "Christ, farming is so wild." I mean, and it was great because Jill's boyfriend, right, who's been a new addition to the show, Leonard, was like, said, "Stop ruining my image of peaceful rural life." (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) He said, "Oh God, stop." Stop ruining my my belief of peaceful rural farming life. And they started laughing at him. I came to this village to escape all of the dogs that were being shot in the big city. <laughs> Leonard's on it. Leonard's a very good character. He's extremely funny. He had this whole he had this plot line when he entered the show. Um, where he'd painted a a painting for uh, Jill. Um, And it turns out she'd just assume he'd painted it and he'd gone along with it and he'd just bought it for her. But then he kept the ruse up, so everyone kept asking him to paint pictures for them. And he was like, "Uh, yeah, sure, horses? I can paint some horses. And then he'd order it online. Yeah, just going on to eBay. It was a thing where people kept wanting to to see his preliminary sketches. And he'd be like, yeah, just add it now. Come back in an hour and I'll show you what I've done. And then he was just hurriedly driving to the next village over to find someone who could paint horses. (laughs) (laughs) This would not be a problem for people our age. I would just go on Twitter... Find all of my artist friends whose commissions are open and be like, "Yo, can you?" And this is a weird one. Can you pay me some fucking? Well, horses? it wasn't the commission thing. It was that they wanted him to like come out and sketch it in person. So he had to be like, just. Oh, he 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 was he was saying, "Oh, just working on the grass right now," and he'd be painstakingly like drawing blades of grass to like <laughs> bide his time. I have too much to talk about that's recent, so I can't keep going back into things that have happened. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Joy, please. Joe had ferrets. That's it. Joe had pet ferrets, and they were really great. And one time, one of them got stuck in his trousers for an extended period of time. <laughs> that's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport? That's a sport. What's it uh, called? I don't know. Ferreting, I think. Um, it's a... Ferreting is just hunting with... Like rat hunting with ferrets. Oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Maybe it's also called ferreting. I don't know. But basically, it's a thing in, I think, Lancashire. Yeah. Where you tie the legs of your trousers, like the bottoms, the cuffs of your trousers to your legs, and then you drop a ferret in your trousers. And it's a competition between two people to see who can keep the ferret in their trousers for the longest. Man, I'd keep it in there for all time. Well, typically it happens between two gentlemen. (laughs) 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 And it doesn't normally last very long. Because they tend to be angry ferrets. <laughs> um, I I don't know why they do it. What? 
I, I mean, British people, the country's very dark and we have a lot of spare time on our hands, so... <laughs> it's peaceful rural drop life. Ferret, drop a ferret down your pants. It's, you it's, know. it's peaceful rural life. Those yeah. big city slickers don't drop ferrets down their trousers. I think trousers. the reason he, ha- he had done it was he was trying to do a magic trick where he, he was doing a pull a rabbit out of a hat thing. Um, but he accidentally <laughs> fucked it up and the tr- the ferret got stuck in his trouser pocket and then like climbed into his trousers and then <laughs> and people had to help let's just say <laughs> Joe is so good okay that's... I'm gonna I'm really really genuinely gonna miss Joe that sounds amazing I really miss the he was like the <laughs> from from like I'm from hot fuzz the the third, yeah, yeah. the third guy down in the line of of rural yeah. accents i could un- i could understand what he was saying but it was always okay. a treat okay maybe we do a bonus episode of yeah. joe stories um he was the guy as well who convinced brian to plead plead guilty to the toxic waste the, yeah the environmental and crimes came up and, dude uh jim's playing at his wake because joe got jim to promise to play at the wake and it's a moment where jim's gonna finally he's never played piano in public before oh there's so much good stuff yes yeah that Uh, was in the song i remember that yes yes so joy joy Horville. joy weirdest thing the whore of the ville (laughs) hilda ogden went missing and peggy was under the great great impression that uh, Hilda was hiding from Joy because Joy is a demon. And, and cats can smell demons. Um, Joy has insinuated herself into pretty much everybody's lives in the village because it's kind of apparent under the surface she's incredibly lonely and incredibly annoying. Just like Satan. Yeah, I feel really bad for her, but she sucks. You know, it's one of the you know those people that you meet where you're like, oh, I feel so bad that you have no friends and I feel so bad that I know the reason why. <laughs> No, I've never... I met I've, someone like that recently, actually. I've never met one. If you've never met one of those, does that mean that it's you? <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not you. It's <laughs> not you. Have you never met... You've really never met anyone like that? No, it was, it was a joke. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up every morning like, oh, I know the reason. <laughs> I know the reason you quote-unquote don't have friends and it's because you don't want them <laughs> so... anyway joy's got no friends the but well it's sounds she sucks. great alex <laughs> we love you so um joy had an idea i feel like i physically brace yourselves for this i'm just gonna this, grab hold of plot. the arm of the chair joy had an idea about how to find hilda who hadn't shown up in a while. It was, I think this was about the second day of Hilda being missing mm-hmm. and them doing all the posters and such. Joy said, I heard about this thing in Japan that they do where they tell the local cats that there's a cat missing <laughs> and the local cats will find the cat for you. Like a cat council? Like, call the council of the cats. So Joy went around trying to find every single pet owner in the village and started talking directly to their pets. Excuse me, can I talk to your cat for a minute? Literally, though. Tony and Pat 
made Tony go with Joy to supervise her whilst she found people. And Joe was like, you see, I don't really know people in the village. So it would be weird if I knocked on their door and just asked to talk to their pets, wouldn't it? Hey, hey, Joy. (laughs) Hey, Joy. Hey, Joy. It would be weird even if you did know them, Joy. Oh, you sound just like Tony. (laughs) Oh, hi. I know we've been friends for 25 years, but can I talk directly to your cat? And and, uh, Tony was losing his mind because Pat said, that sounds like an interesting idea. You should do it. Oh, my God. Tony... Usually, Tony's not used to this because it's usually the men that have insane impractical ideas <laughs> of the archers. And then also to uh, his sister Lillian, who Lillian was like, ooh, yes, sounds like a great idea. I've often noticed my, my little dog of mine giving the eyes. He's a tune with the earth. And it also produced the funniest quote ever on the archers, which was Tony sarcastically saying, whilst they were talking to Shula, who runs the local stables. Oh, Joy, do you want to also go tell the horses? And Joy said, no, I don't think they're low enough to the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. Joy! <laughs> you know how you were saying that you think whoever is currently writing The Archers is a is an agent of chaos? Yes. They're still How are you feeling it. about that now? I feel like I said that, that you know, Archer's writers you know, typically horses. write a week. And I think I this if, guy's just stayed and I they won't let him Jacob go. I wonder if Jakob feels if horses are close enough to the ground. <laughs> Jakob is a horse. So uh, we've established <laughs> this. So <laughs> did they approach him and be like, hey, listen, we know you're in tune with the animal kingdom. You're the liaison officer <laughs> between animals and humans. Jakob, please find Hilda Ogden. She I is mean, a, a a staple of the village. Sorry. And he goes, sorry, did you say staple of the village? I mean, the obviously village? the funny part is Tony Tony is cancelled by me this week. Because he said maybe it would be better if Hilda stayed missing. Because Hilda is a... I mean... Hilda is absolutely evil. Yes. But I still thought, hey... I mean, this was a big thing for me because I am very anti-outdoor cat. So I was the whole time I was thinking, um, maybe if you don't want your cat to go missing and for you to worry about it for days on end, maybe don't let your cat wander around outdoors where it could get hit by a car or killed by a fox. Because you live in a rural county. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hilda Ogden, as far as I'm aware, to be fair, Hilda Ogden is specifically could kill God. Yeah, right, but... <laughs> exactly. I, I'm pretty sure Hilda Ogden has eaten all of the foxes Hil- in the village. Hilda Ogden... <laughs> Hilda Ogden has looked death in the face. Right. But yeah. Uh. <laughs> but the point still stands. But um, Hilda Ogden actually did come back after Joy. They didn't even just say Joy was doing this. They There was four different, four or three different scenes of Joy leaning down to a cat and being like, I'm here to tell you about Hilda Ogden. She's missing. And Tony... Oh, man, it was one of the few times that I desperately wished for visuals because I wanted to see what Tony was doing. <laughs> I wanted to see if Tony was miming strangling joy or or just sort of I envision <laughs> I envisage uh joy like on the floor on all fours yeah. around a, like with the milk bowl in between the cat and her like sharing it like they're both at the same bar. Um, uh-huh, being uh-huh. like, listen, have you heard the news? 
Hilda she Rogan has an affinity has... with cats. Yes. Yeah. Oh, have you heard the news? There's a cat gone missing. It's it's a, a rather famous cat, Queen of the Cats. Can you do a Northern accent? Because I don't actually I mean, remember if she's Northern, but I'm like I don't want to attempt Northern, northern accent is, is a I'm very playing. broad. <laughs> I don't want to attempt it. I don't know. I don't want to attempt a northern accent unless I'm trying to be in a Shakespeare play. So, <laughs> is she from? Is she from like Yorkshire? Is she? Is she sort of like? Oh, she's uh, got excuse that me. lilt. She's oh. got that slight lilt like that. You oh. know that. Like... <laughs> oh, okay. So she's like, Hello, there's a cat that we're missing, and she's the queen of death, Hilda Ogden. And then Tony's like leaning against the the stable door, just smoking a cigarette, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what was happening, real. I'm sure. But the thing is, Hilda came back. And is it because... Kate, Kate and Alice was in the garden and said, clearly, it's because of Joy. Oh just to fuck with Peggy. And Peggy went, ah! <laughs> and Peggy did much what I did earlier, which was just... And Hilda came back with someone. Another cat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> someone. <laughs> Hilda came back with a cat. Holding hands with death. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's heavily implied that the cat that Hilda came back with is the stray that Freddy has adopted. Which is so nice for Freddy. Good things have been... Ha- Freddy got a job. Yay! And a cat, apparently. And a cat. Freddy got a job and a cat. I love Freddy. God, I wish He's that were me. He's a sweet boy. Um... <laughs> a job and a cat? Yeah. You want a job and a cat? Yeah. You can get a cat. Joy performed her dark cat ritual and found Hilda Ogden. Yeah. Who is... And I kind of kind of wondered if there was going to be a sort of a... Like I was going to wake up and realise I'd been in Archer's Purgatory. <laughs> like, oh! None of the <sighs> plot happened. <laughs> the heist is still going on. I guess the pig sex is weird as well. Sorry? The pig sex plot. We still have one new character. Wait, it's that we not what you think, about. right? Wait, you're Isn't not thinking it? that. No, 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 no. No, wait, wait. What are you thinking? Actually? David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. Oh, okay. It would be pretty funny if it was that, right? <laughs> he just turns up in Ambridge. <laughs> That's what I was saying. But David Cameron turns up in Ambridge, and, and everyone's like, "Hide, and mol- and- hide your wife, hide your pigs." <laughs> They they form a lynch mob, <laughs> and they have to hunt him down. Squeal, Cameron. Ah, Mrs. Piggington, <laughs> you're early. That's a film cow sketch. You all should go watch it. Uh, it's called um, I think it's called um, to England with love. God, what is the pig sex film cow sketch called? <laughs> Anyway. So pig sex. Pig sex. It, it was two pigs having sex. Do you... It was two pigs not having sex. Well, they did now, but... Pig abstinence Ball libido. Yes, pig abstinence plotline. <laughs> My name is Sprite Bacon and I'm abstinence <laughs> till I like... die. Till I die. Janet is such a welcome addition to this podcast. You're just here to correct my punchlines. Do you remember Rex and Toby Fairbrother? 
vague. Mm, those names now in the, as a pair ring a bell. They were the they're the pig farmers. One of them is okay. One of them makes gin. One of them is a pig farmer. Rex took over. Um, he got hired on by Justin Elliott to run the new big pig operation that started about two years ago in the town. So it's it's a full industrial pig operation. operation so it probably swine. has something like five thousand pigs, something like That's that. That's a lot of pigs. Yeah, yeah, it it's does. a small village. Yeah, it's like a big factory farming place. Okay. And he's running that now because he's a very experienced pig man. He's a pig. And never <laughs> annual. Porco Rosso. <laughs> he's Porco Rosso. Um so he had to he can't run his small herd anymore. Mm-hmm. Um so Rex signed on to run his herd. And this is his first experience with um he's done livestock farming before because he was the egg guy. You know I told you about luxury eggs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, man, luxury eggs. What a terrible plot. So, um, he was having trouble recently um, because his boar, his main boar, was refusing to have sex. Mm-hmm. So it was about a two-week plot line of him trying to come up with ideas to increase his pig's libido. And his brother started helping. Um, and they were making bets with each other about what would work. And Toby was joking about buying the pig dodgy Viagra. And <laughs> Why would he this, buy dodgy Viagra? There was buy this good scene. Viagra. There was this amazing comedy scene where Toby went to go visit Kate and was asking, "Do you know all, any alternative remedies that help? I have this. I I know this person who can't get it up. Do you know have any alternative remedies that could help with that?" And Kate was operating for the whole conversation under the under the sort of idea that uh, Toby was trying to protect himself. So, you know, she thought Toby was asking for himself. Oh, my God. And then she says, let's drop the pretense. I know it's about you and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And Toby went, oh, no, no, no. It's about a pig. It's a pig fucking pig sex and then kate got extremely angry (laughs) it's not for me it's for my hog it's for the hog Uh, and she got extremely angry because she's vegan and she was like i don't want to help you right i don't want to help you i don't want to help pig sex happen because all of those pigs go to the slaughterhouse (laughs) and toby said are you sure you can't give me some essential oils? Are you sure or... you can't just say abattoir? In this village, we say abattoir. <laughs> <laughs> and then, based on the advice that Kate had given him before uh, she realized... She found out. <laughs> she that it was found about... out he was talking about a pig, was um, he went and bought like scented candle versions of all of the things that she had told him about. And then he was just had this scented candle and was like, like showing in front of the pig, like, you feeling anything? You feeling anything, dude? Dude, bro. Bro, how you bro, doing? Sniff this lemongrass. And then someone came in and was like, why are you shaking a candle in front of a pig? <laughs> he just turned around and went, his hog won't get hard. And then Rex got really bad because he was like, you can't have a fucking candle in a in a in a pig's eye, there's hay everywhere. You're gonna light my pigs on fire. 
And at this point of the month, I was really riding high. <laughs> it had been a good month. It's been a good month. And then uh, Toby met up with the Grundies, who he's pretty good friends with. Um, and this was at the point where they thought they weren't going to be do- able to do the cider pressing. So they were getting rid of a bunch of apples and they gave Toby a whole sack of cider apples. Um, and kind of not really clocking how cider apples work. Um, Toby fed an entire sack of cider apples oh to this pig who passed out from drunkenness. Oh my. And then... Woke up really fucking horny. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I've got such a headache, but I could ride a sow from now till Thursday. (laughs) Yes! And then Toby said, yes, I've really done it this time. And Rex said, you can't take credit for this. (laughs) This was not, don't pretend this was pre-planned. Handing him 20 quid, like, all right, you win. (laughs) So much shenanigans. That is amazing. The only serious plotline this week was Justin Elliott finally getting his comeuppance for being a sack of capitalist shit. Because the local abattoir went out of business. I think we brought this out last time that there's been problems with the local abattoir. There was a bunch of health and safety concerns that they couldn't fix with the local abattoir. So the local abattoir was shutting down, but the building was still free. So there was a real estate thing. I'm trying to speed up right now because we've been recording for a really long time. There was... A real estate battle going on. Justin wanted to buy it and David showed him around. David hoping that Justin, being a friend of the village and related to him by uh, coupling and not by blood, would, you know, buy up the building, refix it up and would run the abattoir for the local collective of farmers. Justin didn't want to do this. Not that he was going to tell anyone. He wanted to buy the building and turn it into a bunch of offices. So there would be no local abattoir for the village. That's fun. Um, and Lillian knew this and said, I'm not going to tell anyone because you're my partner, so I won't betray you, but you have to tell David and you have to tell all of the other farmers, farmers, you have to tell (laughs) all of the other farmers what you're planning on doing, you scum. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that is completely fair. And he was just like, it's, re- it's just business. It's really, it's really not no one in no one's business what I'm planning on doing, and he knew it was he everyone's knew he was business, being scummy. Right? Yeah, but he ended up losing out to the other new character on the show. Oh, here Vince we go, Casey. Okay, Vince Casey. Vince Casey, who is definitely an NYPD detective. <sighs> Vince Casey is such a good character for the show right now. He's a scummy local. Um, I don't really know what to call him. He's kind of a pig dealer. (laughs) In that he buys pigs at market and sells and takes them on to abattoirs. A hog swindler. And this is him wanting to move up and actually own an abattoir. Um, uh, His business is called Casey Meats. So he organises abattoirs and this is him. And so he is the absolute scum of the earth. He sucks so much and I love him. He... He's so manipulative. He did a thing where he said, now that David and um, uh, Adam, who runs the Aldridge farm, have to, you know, do business with him. Both of them being extremely mad at Justin now because they found out what right. Justin was yeah, going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And are now now they're, they're saying, oh, it's a good thing Justin didn't win the bid because we need a local abattoir. Yes. But also Vince 
is the worst fucking person to work with ever. He said, oh, I can meet with you in two weeks' time to discuss business dealings. Are you selling your pigs to me, to my abattoir? Which is obviously fucking annoying. They need to get it sorted now. Mm-hmm. The longer they go without a local avatar, the more money they're losing. And then he said, rang one of them up as they were planning and said, actually, I'm in town today. Can you meet me today? And made them meet. The, meet and they said, um, actually, we're just in the bull planning. And he said, you're in the bull? Great. I can be there in an hour. And made them meet with him before they'd actually sorted out any figures and said, so you haven't even got any figures? That's Not sure I'm impressed with this pitch, guys. He's a... What an he's, amazing character. He's like evil, so but amazing. Evil. I love him. I I love him. He was also flirting with Lillian to get information. He got Lillian drunk so he could get information from Lillian about Justin's bid for the thing. Like not like he he didn't spike her. Oh, he okay. just he just like kept buying her drinks and dancing with her and she knew what he was doing cuz Lillian is savvy as fuck. She's oh Lillian is like Sunset Boulevard diva. <laughs> this guy sounds amazing, and I don't want to hear his actual voice because in my head he's yeah. a gruff Cockney man. He is. Wait. <gasps> he is. Yes. Well done. Good for you. It's just like what? No, he he's he's more like ah the uh, oh no I can't do voices at all. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, welcome to the abattoir. <laughs> This is my abattoir. All right, Lillian. How's your lover doing? That's oh how he God. talks. Amazing. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm envisioning him just being like, oh, you're in the ball. All right, I can beat her in an air. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's really great. Oh, you don't, don't have any figures. It's like a Peaky Blinders character. Oh, what, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shame. I'm not sure. I'm impressed by this gentleman. Oh, this, this business pitch is really up the shitter. <laughs> yes, that's how he talks. It's really good. I can kill your pigs in an hour. It's, it, they simultaneously created Joy, the worst character on the show now, and Vince, the best character on the show now. The whole Vince is going to get a shoe in thing was him showing up to this ball that both Lillian and him were at and constantly asking her for a dance so he could get information out on her boyfriend's business deal. It was so funny. And it was... Vince was the person who Vince told David Archer what Justin had been planning on doing just as a he further spilled the beans. Just as a further kick in the balls to Justin. That's so great. No for no other purpose other than to be like, haha, lol, fuck you. <laughs> it's great. He's causing so much discord. I, the only person okay. who likes him is Brian, because of course Brian likes him. I mean I like him. <laughs> He's a terrible person. The only person who thinks he's just a chill dude oh, okay. is Brian. Well, Brian Brian called him a tough customer, which is a compliment from Brian, because that's kind of Brian's vibe. Um, everyone else. I, fe- I really feel like someone's going to murder him. That's the Christmas. Oh, man, that would be great. If that <laughs> they're was finally the caving to to soap opera demands, and yeah. they're going to kill him at Christmas. Yeah, because he's Cockney, and it's like I oh, I had just wondered. Come from I I had wondered for a brief minute if the plot with with him was going to be Lillian having an affair with him. I hope not. Whilst this went on, but no, I don't. That was always kind of Lillian's vibe, but I mean, it's not that I care about Justin. That's fair. Like if Justin got cucked by a by a <laughs> by a Cockney shizer, then 
<laughs> Justin gets cucked by a Cockney shyster would be a great name for a for a grunge grunge band, wouldn't it? <laughs> Cock- Cockney shyster cucking. Is it shyster or shyster? Because yeah. shyster is just German for shit. <laughs> That's still appropriate. So that has been a crazy month. Yeah. Are there any last minute? If if a character in the Archers was a Bamzuki, <laughs> what kind of Bamzuki would they be? Okay, we. This is the third time I've heard about Bamzuki today. Um, was is, it Janet? Yeah, uh, and your tweet from yesterday is Bamzuki. Do you not know what Bamzuki is? No, listen. Is Bamzuki the CBBC show where you make? It's basically Robot Wars for children. Yes, 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 yes. yes oh, I yes, applied yes, to be yes, on yes. that show. I applied to be on that show. You could make your own Bamzuki online, yeah, yeah. and I made it work, and then it, they they never asked me on, so, yeah, um, so fuck CBBC. Same here. We watched... So, um, so if the Archers... If the Archers itself was a Bamzuki, or if... What if the Archers was all a hologram on a table? <laughs> <laughs> With a bunch of children yelling on top of it. This is for no one. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> You know, the best thing, I would love, like, a little what Archer's characters would go on Bamzuki thing. Because every team for Bamzuki, they do a little vignette with vignette with them. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Pronounce it for me. Vignite. Vigno Montoya. Vigno Mortensen. Vigno Mortensen. They do a little Vigo Mortensen with the kids where they... They do a little. They do a little bit, a little big mm-hmm. bit, a little Vigo Montaunt, Montaunt, uh-huh. <laughs> where they um, have the kids play act something where they're and they're always very psychotic. There were these two. That's because they're like children, eight, and the they're corn. very excited to be on television. Well, there were these two children of the corn kids, weren't there? In the last one we watched, children of the corn. <laughs> have you not? Is this like a blonde children? Children of the Corn? Children of the Corn? That sounds like something from a horror movie. Yeah. It is a horror movie. Are you guys not heard of Children of the Corn? No. It's famous. It's with the little kids who get like possessed by demons so every and horror go movie. A- and and wear little um like Puritan clothing and go, Mother, father, we're in charge now, and they have like telekinetic powers together. You guys haven't heard of Children of the Corn? No. It's It sounds it's like famous. a knockoff wicker man. No, 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 no. It's a really seminal horror movie. Okay. And it's got little blonde children with glowing eyes in it walking around. It's called Children of the Corn because they walk around in, like, the cornfields. Oh, Theresa May. Shit, that was wheat. (laughs) (laughs) But there were those two Children of the Corn kids, and I was like, man, imagine if these were the people running the archers. Janet, would you like me to stop talking? Well, you need to wrap up. Yeah. You need an outro. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> the outro is... Um, a circle and a spiral. There's so many things happening on the arches. I'm so confused by all the plot lines. Can I tell you about my plan for the heist? Okay, so here's how it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> the Grundies walk in. Joe's making a distraction. He's uh-huh. talking yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 Elizabeth yeah, 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 yeah. is that her name? Elizabeth. Uh, wow, I remembered her name. Uh, he's talking to Elizabeth, telling her about how in his day cider presses were just done by hand. He just smushed apples into a big bucket and then they drank it. 
Uh, meanwhile, Eddie, is he the older one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Eddie, the son of Joe. Ed, Eddie's the son of Joe. Eddie's son of Joe is, uh, he's got a winch and he's winched Ed, his son, mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. above yep, yep, the yep, cider yep, yep, press yep. because it's uh, alarm grid lasers. And he's winching him down and then, uh, give me another name of a, a Will. Grundy. Will. Will. Ed's brother. Oh, okay, great. So, uh, Will, he's there. He's He's got a smoke machine, which is actually just a jewel that he's using to try and show where the lasers are. Um, and he's he's blown out uh, sick cotton. Uh, and and Ed is, is going down. He gets the piece. <laughs> and Eddie starts to pull him back up with the winch when, lo and behold, uh, Hilda Ogden jumps out from the side. Uh, Hilda Surprise claws Ed's face and he falls into the cider press and gets pressed. You know, someone did fall into a fresher once on the arches. I... And I think it was a Grundy. Seems like a very Grundy thing. We're just making Grundy juice over here. Yeah. I've been Alex Horn. <laughs> I've been Ray, probably. And join us again next month for more of whatever this was. <laughs> Make sure to shut the gate on your way out or those cows, they'll start a psychic network in order to find cats. <laughs> Oh, no, wait. They're not low enough to the ground, probably. (laughs) Bye!